How to succeed at anything. This is part three of that message. And we said that you can be successful at anything. We said that you, can, you are positioned to succeed. We also said that uh, you are one with the really successful one. And therefore, we don't have any reason why we shouldn't succeed. If you're here for the first time, or some people listen to the message on the, on the podcast, uh, then you would know that success is not just a world success. Success means that uh, we want to attain our desired end, but the end that God has for us, not what we want, but what God wants. And when we say anything, it's anything that God calls us to do. It's not just anything. It's all about God. It's not about us. We also said that uh, we have 12 things that we want to uh, just put out there for you to help you to succeed regardless of what you're doing. And we use several examples sometime in doing that. One of those was having a passion really to have more of the life of God that he's called us, uh, he's told us that we should have. We also said we want to really know that uh, whatever is out of God's order, we want to change it. We want to change it. And number three, we said we want to know that we have to sacrifice and hurt regardless. Anything that you're going to succeed in, it's not going to be uh, free. It's going to have to be some effort uh, put into it. So we know that it's going to uh, be sacrificing, and we know we're going to have to hurt during that time. We said that that's one of the most important things. Not the most important, but it's one of the most important things. It's super important. We also introduced the number four, which was trusting in God and also uh, the people that God's put in your life uh, that um, will help you, whether that person is uh, your parent, whether they're in the church, whether they're in the workplace, it doesn't matter. We always have somebody who uh, supposed to be responsible uh, for our well-being, and therefore we need to listen to those people. Let's pick it up right where we left off, and that's trusting in your spiritual covering, because that's part of trusting God. God put spiritual covering over you. So if you are a, a teenager, uh, God wants us to realize that we need to, we need to trust those who spiritually have oversight over us. Even if they are not Christians, they still have some experience that we don't have. Uh, and you know the Word of God. You have to sift everything through the Word of God. So somebody tell you to jump off a building, you know that's not the Word of God, so you don't jump off the building. But we do want to realize that they have uh, a responsibility for us. In the church, you have spiritual covering, and so uh, you want to use that to bounce things off your spiritual covering um, because we are here to help you. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to do God's business. Let's look at Judges chapter 21, verse 25. It says, In those days there was no judge and uh, no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so we have, during that time, uh, God had to raise up uh, a leader, Called him a judge, uh, her a judge, because uh, one was a her, Deborah, and to lead the people into what he, he wanted for them. And let's look in Ruth. That's the backdrop of Ruth, because Ruth was written during a time, or, or the, you know, the, the, the scenario was in the time of the judges, in other words. Okay, Ruth took place in the time of judges. So everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And we don't want you to do that. And so we can use that as an example. And it says in chapter 1, verse uh, 1, 
through 5. Now it came about in the, in the, when the judges governed that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem of, in Judah went and sojourned in the land of Moab with his wife and two sons. Now, everybody that was in Bethlehem and Judah didn't go. He went. Just because there are uh, financial difficulties in the United States and Lynchburg or wherever it is, that doesn't mean that you have to uh, take up and leave and say, well, I'm going to Canada. I'm going over to France. I'm, I'm, I hear they're not having you know, a recession over there. You know, God will supply for you wherever you are. We are to lean upon God. We are to trust in God. And during those times uh, like we are in today uh, in America, these are times where uh, it's a great time to trust God. It's not a time to abandon God. It's a time to trust God. Because the land they went to, they weren't serving uh, Jehovah. They weren't serving, you know, uh, uh, the God that we know. They were serving other gods. And so we don't want to do that. But that's what they, they did. And the rest of the story, you know, that uh, uh, he died. You know, Elimelech, he died. His two sons uh, got married. And then the sons died. And that's where you have the story of the book of Ruth. When you have Naomi uh, becoming bitter about the situation. Uh, because she went over, she fought her husband over into his land. And uh, she's now left as a widow. And she has now two daughter-in-laws that she says, why don't you stay here? I'm going back. And we know that Ruth said, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm going with you wherever you go, I go. So, you know, you have, you have the book of Ruth to help us that we are not going to abandon things just because God doesn't seem to be showing up right now. It's a great time to trust God. It's a great time to have uh, faith in God and believe in God when things are not going well. It doesn't take much faith. It doesn't take much belief. It doesn't take much trust if all things are going well all the time. You never have any problems. You never have any uh, uh, situations in your life. But when you have, like Angie, when you have a back going out of problems, all these uh, situations coming up in her life, my goodness gracious, you know, that's the time to trust God, isn't it? Who are we going to trust in during this time, this economic times? And, and the, um, a person told me, the, uh, I think it was yesterday, that um, I think it was you, Chad, you told me that, that, that people got laid off in your job, you know? And, uh, you know, he didn't know whether he was going to be next or what, you know? Uh, but uh, he should know that he is under the umbrella of God's wings, you know? And so he can trust in God. And though a thousand may fall by my side and ten thousand by my right hand, it shall not come near me, the word says. So we have to realize that it's a great time, like Chad, it's a great time to be joyful. It's a great time to smile. It's not a, a great time to be thinking, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do if I get, if I get five, if I get laid off, what am I going to do? You don't even concern yourself with what you're going to do, you know, because you serve God. Now, the thing we have to be concerned with, are we serving God? You see? Or are we giving lip service to serving God and really not serving God? So we want to think about those things. 
uh, when they're in time. So you can succeed at anything if we are trusting in God and those he put in our, uh, under, under our uh, umbrella, under his umbrella, to help us. Look at Hebrews 13, 17. Uh, it says that uh, obey your leaders, submit to them, for they watch over your souls as those who will give an account. That's a, a sobering scripture. That is an awesome scripture uh, for those who lead, because if we have to stand before God to give an account of of your soul, that's hard. That's hard. So therefore, God is going to look out for you. Therefore, you know that we're not going to be fools and say, well, you know, we don't care what happened to you, you know? No, we got to stand before the judgment seat of God. We got to know that, God, I'm doing my best to pray for everybody that, that, that uh, uh, say they want, they're part of Cornerstone, a member of Cornerstone. So that's why one of the reasons we have membership now is because uh, uh, this, this scripture started weighing heavy on me and I said, I said, well, God, I got to find out who it is that I'm supposed to be overseeing because whoever it is, then I can call their names out before God. I know that they are ones that I'm going to have to stand and be accountable to. And so you need to use those people who are uh, your covering. And if you're here today, you don't have a covering. I say that, uh, you need to be wise and get a covering. Because God will feed you through that covering. That's why God, He doesn't want, He doesn't, He, he doesn't want people to be orphans. He doesn't want people to have no parents. Because parents are a blessing. So therefore, He tells you to look out for the orphans. Look out for the widows. Look out for those who can't look out for themselves. Let's go to number five. Be committed. Uh, when I was asked, well, what is the secret of, you know, overcoming the pain in order to get the gain? This is it. Be committed. Being committed means that you're going to have patience. You're going to have what uh, the Greek word would be, uh, hupo moni, which means, hupo means under, moni means to uh, remain. So it's to, it's to be patient, remain under a situation. Don't run just because things get bad. Like Elimelech did. You want to stay and endure your circumstances. God is working during your circumstances. It says in James chapter 1, let's look at that, verses 2 through 4. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now why should I count it joy? Why should I count it joy? You know, Why should I count it joy when... Uh, situations come up. Like Andrew talked about all these situations, you know, falling off a bucket, doing this, doing that. My goodness gracious, you know, you can get bitter over situations, but no, 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 no. These are opportunities to say, hey, God, you're up to work, you're, you're up to something. And he's showing himself strong in her life that I'm protecting you even though. And so she has to persevere, persevere, persevere in trusting God. James chapter 1 verse 2. Uh, says that, and then verse 3 says, knowing this, that is trying of your faith worketh patience. So we have to know that that's what God's after, after. God is after our patience. He's after our endurance. He's after, can you endure? Can you last? Can you stay in the ball game? Or, or you know, every time that things don't go your way, you, you get out of the ball game. You go sit in the stands and pout. No, uh-uh. No, we stand in the game. We don't care if we're, we're losing this particular game. We know that we're going to win. You know, the Super Bowl, I think it's the, uh, I think it's the Cardinals and, and the Steelers, uh, 
Are any one of those undefeated? They both have lost a game at least. So suppose they would have given up when they lost a game. Because you have some people, when they lose a the game, they start complaining about each other. Well, it's the quarterback, you know. He didn't, if he had thrown me the ball, we could have made more touchdowns. And the running back said, if he would have given me the ball, I would have ran more touchdowns, you know. No, no, we're not going to blame each other. Because that's just one game. It's just one circumstance. We have had, um, had so many people sometimes that, that uh, they go through circumstances and they wonder, you know, why am I going through this? Why, why is God allowing me to go through this? Because he has a purpose, if he's allowing it. And if he's not allowing it, you need to, you need to speak it, uh, against it and bring it under captivity uh, to obedience to the word of God. Because the enemy tries to lay something on us and tell us it's God. You know? No, it's not God. Some things. He's out there, our patience. Can you endure and, you know, we talked about whether it's financial. We talked about whether it's uh, what they call, you know, we talked about exercise one time. How in the world are you going you gonna, to you gonna train and be in shape for anything if you give up as soon as the pain hit? Well, I'm going to tell you, the pain is going to hit the first day. You know, the first day that you exercise and try to get in shape, when you wake up the next morning, you're going to be sore. You know? You can cool down all you want to. You know, they could say cool down is supposed to help, help you not, you know, uh, uh, get sore, but if, if you're really working out, trying to get in shape, you're going to hurt. And so therefore, you're going to have to realize that you're going to have to stay in the game, be committed. And I said I wasn't going to get on that subject as far as, uh, uh, you know, exercise and all that stuff. I'll stay on the financial realm and then i get back on something else. And I had a testimony I want to have. Barry, come up here a minute. Uh, we said we we're going to talk about finances. And I, I remember talking to Barry one time, and, and Barry is an entrepreneur, and he likes to do things. I think he also um, got hurt or something and couldn't work or whatever. Tell us about that. Um, I was out of uh, work for quite a while because I had, um, over the time, I had like 13 surgeries, knee surgeries, back surgeries, and I was on uh, disability. And we got a letter in the mail. This is the income that we were living off of. This is quite a few years ago. And we got a letter saying um, that they were going to stop it. And it really was basically no reason at all. And... Um, Joanne and I just, you know, we, we, we stood on the word of God that, you know, God's going to take care of us. He's our provider. And um, they did take the money away from us, and we just we prayed over it. And we just trusted in the Lord that he would give it back to us. And it was a matter of, it was probably six to eight weeks. We didn't have any income coming in, but we just trusted in God that he'd give it back to us. And then, of course, we got a letter um, saying that um, they had made a mistake, and, and it was their fault. They apologized and paid us back, you know, that money. And uh, I can remember that day just, Joanne could tell you she's not in here now, but I remember I was just shouting, running around the house and um, thanking God for what he had done and giving the praise to him for that. And, and he also, um, when, in one of the entrepreneurial businesses you have, and, and um, I remember you telling me we were going on a trip somewhere, and you told me that they, uh, they were supposed to be paying you some money, uh, and, and, and uh, you, I don't know if it was your co-friend or whoever he, he took it all or whatever. Yeah. Tell me. Well, a business that we had started about five years ago, um, we had got to a very substantial amount of money and uh, more than we'd ever made in our life. And um, I had a partner with that, and the partner was not a believer. And um, after about a year and a half, he just decided he was going to take it all. And uh, he did. And um, just really, because we didn't have a written signed contract, there was really nothing I could do about it. And um, we just trusted in the Lord that he was going to provide for us 
And through that happening, he opened another door for us where he blessed us uh, many, many fold beyond what we were making there. Let's give God a hand, okay? That's good. In other words, you have to be committed and stay with something. If God has, has told you this is what he wants you to do, uh, whether it's on your job or wherever it is, I don't care who they're laying off. I don't care uh, if you get laid off. I remember one time uh, uh, I was talking to Lord Fox, and you got laid off from, from your job, you know. And uh, you, so you didn't know when they were going to call you back. They said they might call you back, so, so you know, but they, they didn't. And after a while, they did call you back, you know. But you, you hung in there, you know. You didn't give up. You didn't go hang yourself. Praise God, you know. Because <laughs> some, some people give up. They're not committed, you know. If you know you're supposed to be working, be committed and stay in the, in the, in the situation. You will get a job. And there have been, been other people in the same situation uh, that didn't have a job. I know our, our, our buddy back there, uh, is that right? Uh, didn't have a job for a long time, but uh, he didn't give up, you know. And said, well, I'm going to, to Russia, you know. Uh, no, he's not going to go to Russia. He's just going to stay in here. And we keep praying and keep praying as a body. And he has a job now. So these are things that you have to stay committed. Let's look in uh, Psalm 15, 1 and 4. It says, uh, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy hill? And in verse 4 says, In whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, he swears to his own hurt and does not change. God wants somebody to be committed to whatever they say they're going to do, they do. I don't care if it's hurt. They, it's, he knows it's going to hurt. He knows it's going to be sacrifice. He knows it's going to be pain. But that's when you stand on the word of God and trust in God. Because he doesn't give up. He stays in the ball game regardless of what we do. And we do some uh, pretty foolish things sometimes. But he hangs in there with us. And sooner or later, the Holy Spirit brings us on back into the fold. So we've talked about having a, a, a passionate you know, desire to receive the life of God that he is the cause of receivers. Number one, we said that we must. Number two, come on, give it to me. Can you name one? Name, name two. What, what is it? We've got to be determined to change those things out of God's order. We said that we need to have, uh, well, have to have a knowing that we're going to really uh, hurt and sacrifice during the time we're succeeding because God's going to uh, create some things. Number four, we said you must be committed. You must be committed. Number, uh, let's go to, uh, we say we've got to trust God also, and those are accountable too. Number six. Number six, be accountable. Be accountable. Now, I know that, that that hurts some people, you know, being accountable. And I know that accountability is nothing, is, is not something somebody really loves and, and just, you know, thrives on, being accountable. Everybody hates that, you know. And I, I know that I was, I was at my desk uh, the, let's get about two weeks ago, I guess, and uh, my mentor called me, Jerry. He said, hey, how are you doing? Is uh, something wrong? You kind of sick or something? I said, no, I'm doing fine, man. And he said, um, well, why didn't you come to the meeting? I said, oh, what meeting? <laughs> he said, we just had a meeting in Chapel Hill, and it was a prophetic meeting. And uh, we had uh, the prophets come. They come once a year. 
uh, prophets come and they bring from out of town and, and they, they prophesy over, the, over uh, those who the leaders in GCI uh, give them. And then they also just uh, impromptu, uh, as God leads them, they pray over people and, and things. And he said, I didn't see you. I said, you know, uh, forgive me, it's not even on my book. I don't know what happened. It's not even in my book. Because yeah, uh, he said, I know it's not like you to miss a meeting, you know. I said, no, I, I wasn't missing a meeting. I wasn't being naughty, you know. He said, okay, then. Just want to check on you, you know. That's accountability. That's accountability. And I'm thankful that, that somebody cares enough to call and find out uh, what, what's wrong in, in the situations like that. And so I have to be accountable. Do you think it's fun, you know, uh, uh, to be checked on, you know, all the time? Not all the time, because sometimes we purposely don't want to go to something. And, and which, in those cases, you know, uh, those cases, you don't want that call. And when you see the call ID come up, you say, oh, man, I'm going to leave that right there, you know. I'll let the answer machine pick that thing up, you know, voicemail. But you know you're going to have to get back with them, so you, you kind of think about what are you going to say? What excuse are you going to use, you know? But nobody likes accountability. But that's something that we have to have. To have. If you have great pride... Uh, then a lot of times you don't want to be accountable to anybody because you think you're above being accountable. You know, they should know. Uh, Jerry should know that I wouldn't be missing a meeting. So why are you calling me, pestering me about a meeting? You know, it has to be something. You know, no, he doesn't know anything. He's going to check on me because this is his responsibility because he's supposed to be overseeing this church as our apostolic leader of Cornerstone. So therefore, we have to be accountable. And the same thing, you have to be. There's always, always room for improvement for all of us. Let's look at Matthew chapter 12. Because God, he's going to call us to account. So if you don't like accountability, then you might as well get ready for it because on judgment day we're all going to be accountable. All of us. In verse uh, 33 through 37 of Matthew 12, it says, Neither either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, he was talking to Pharisees. How can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out the good treasure, what is good. And the evil man brings out of his evil treasure, what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak. How many how many words? Every. Every. So watch what we say, you know. They shall give an accounting for it in a day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. So it's an accounting. In Romans chapter 14, verse 10 through 12, it says, But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again? Why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand. How many of us going to stand? All stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and give praise to me, O God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Is there such thing as accountability with God? Sure it is. We're going to have to give that account. And we should, might as well practice here in James chapter 5, 
verse 14 and 16, uh, it says, If anyone of you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church, and they will pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he is committed in his sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, what God wants us to do is that get used to being accountable to one another. You see, because First John 1, 9, it tells us that, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So if you know that you've, you're out of, out of, uh, out of the uh, target range of what you're supposed to be doing and hitting that target, then uh, you're missing that target, then we need to get in order. You see, so, and sometimes that's what God is asking you to do. So he's asking us to be accountable to one another. It's so an iron sharpening of iron. We need one another. And so if, if you have a, 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 a person who, who's close to you, who you feel comfortable with, you need to be able to confess something to that person. You need to be able to tell that person your weaknesses. You might say, you know, I, want, I need prayer because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking thoughts I shouldn't be thinking. Would you pray for me? You know? And if somebody tell you that, don't uh, try to ask them, what are you thinking? You know? We don't, we don't need to get into these soap operas, you know? Uh, what we need to do is pray, you know. If they want to tell you, they will, they'll tell you. If they don't, they won't. And that, that, that's how you build trust. And don't go tell somebody, hey, Sally Sue said that she needed prayer. I wonder what it was about. about. Well, uh, don't tell I told you, but let's, let's just pray for her, you know. No, let's don't do that. Because um, God is not pleased with, with people who are, who are tail barrels, you know. And who's busybodies, you know, just going about telling things and uh, just for sake of, uh, hey, keep this under your hat. I'm not even wearing a hat. How am I keep it under my hat, you know? So you don't want to do that. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. It says, Brethren, if anyone is caught in, the tr- in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. In other words, he's trying to tell us that we need to be looking out, prayed up, when you come into the church, when you go into work, when you go places, because he might want you to try to encourage somebody. And as you do that, it could be just what that person might need. And sometimes you can look in a person's face and in their eyes and tell, you know, what's going on sometimes. And sometimes God will give you a word of knowledge or, you know, he might give you uh, whatever to, to know. That. You might just, he might give you, you know, some discernment about the person. And be willing to say, hey, hey brother, is everything okay? Oh, yes, everything is fine, 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 fine. You know, why are you crying? Oh, my duck stopped up in my eyes, so it's just watering. It's all it is, just watering, you know. No, you know, let's, let's get real with one another. Uh, because as we said in verse 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens, that you may fulfill the law of Christ, which is really the law of God, which is what Christ walked in when he was on the earth, which is the word of God. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So let's don't think too high of ourselves. Think we, uh, it's, it's beneath us to be talking to this person because you know they have problems, you know. 
But each one must examine his own work, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone. So don't compare yourself, in other words, to other people. You know, just compare yourself to what God is doing. And if God is doing a work in your life, then praise God for God. God's mercy, his grace. For each one must bear his own load. We want to have a, another testimony uh, on that part because, would, you, would the robbers come up? Because it's not an easy thing to be held accountable, you know. Uh, for me or, or nobody else, it's not easy when you don't do all the time what you should be doing, okay? And even if you are doing what you're so, so, supposed to be doing, uh, somebody need to ask you, you know, yeah, how you doing? You know? So, Chad, you know, um, tell people a little bit about what you have been going through uh, with, you know, you, you came from a, a different type of church, a different type of leader, you know? I think y'all were pretty tight, yes. close friends, and y'all, y'all could talk and joke and, you know, you know. And see, I'm a little bit different. Yes. Just a little bit different, you know. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, you know. And so it was probably a culture shock when you got here <laughs> to us. And so uh, it's been kind of difficult for you, but you have overcome. Yes. You hung in there. Yes. You were committed. I was you know? committed. You were committed. And so now, how's, how does that kind of accountability how did it feel then? How does it feel now? And how were you able to overcome it? Because there, there are other people standing right here who don't like accountability. Okay? Um, like Pastor said, the churches that we came from, we were very close with um, the pastors there. And we could, it was a friendship type thing. Um, and, but it was a real close friendship, like you'd have a best friend type deal. And uh, the accountability was there, but you know how you are with your friends. If you don't want to tell them something, you're more likely to... Uh, cover it over a little bit, let's call it a little white lie, because they're your friends and they'll understand, and there was not the accountability that um, there is today. When we came to Cornerstone, I did not want accountability at all. Um, I wanted the same relationship that I had previously, and I love Pastor Taylor, but we're not going to have that same relationship. Not that we're not friends, but we're different people. And it's a different type of relationship that we have um, and a different type of friendship uh, that we share. Um, still close and still tight, but still not the same. Um, at first, when we went, we went through this a couple times before, um, I said I'd be accountable, and I really wasn't because I really didn't want him to talk to me and ask me questions and um, speak into my life. Um, I thought it was very forward. Um, I didn't want him to coach me because I was my own man and I wanted to do my own thing. And I didn't want anybody telling me what to do is what it boiled down to. Um, and thinking back, um, everybody tells you what to do. You're accountable at work. Those of us that don't own a business are accountable at work and we allow ourselves to be held accountable at work. Um, if we don't let ourselves be held accountable, then we're lying to whoever our boss is. And you can't call yourself a Christian and do that. Um, you're accountable if you're a child. You're accountable to your parents. Um, they're going to speak into your life. And if you're not as spiritually mature, mature as you probably could should be, um, you're not... Uh, they're going to speak into your life and you're going to disregard it as 
let me do my own thing because I'll make my own mistakes. And I'll live on my own. And I'll do my own stuff. And, and that's a sin as well because uh, you're not being held accountable. You're not allowing yourself to be held accountable, especially if you call yourself a Christian. Um, so that's what I struggled with, a, kind of a parent-child relationship, I guess, Pastor Taylor and I have. And I want to make my own mistakes. I want to do my own thing. And I didn't want him to speak in my life and ask me the questions because I'm a big boy and I can do my own stuff. Um, which leads you to the relationship with your, with your wife because you're accountable to her, too. Both ways. Um, it's my responsibility to hold her accountable for things, but she also holds me accountable because she loves me. And she calls me out. So that's your jerk. <laughs> no, but she should. But she calls me out on those things. And um, we could have a lot of stress in our relationship being married if I didn't allow her to do that. And it does cause stress. But um, through what? After, over time, God working on my spirit and on my heart and through Pastor Taylor and finally breaking down and allowing him to speak into my life and looking at my caller ID and saying, Oh, God. <laughs> He's calling, but I, I need to answer the call. You just got to do it. Have you had problems with accountability, Jennifer? I have yeah. been resistant in the past. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have. Tell the cause, but see, because uh, women sometimes, they, um, um, they don't think like men all the time. <laughs> and they don't respond all the time like men do. Uh, so they are not as emotional as uh, men are. <laughs> yeah, they are, they, are, they are very, very emotional, very, very emotional. But, you, you know, me and you learn that uh, Christ is emotional also. So it's okay to cry. It's okay to, uh, for things to touch your heart because when, you, when, you, when your heart is so hard that you can't be touched, then you have a problem being sensitive, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Day. So, Jennifer, tell us about past and present. <laughs> Um, w- one of the ways that um, Pastor and Minerva have spoken into our lives is just um, in just simple ways. And one thing that's come up recently is um, just opening the car door for me, Chad opening the car door for me. Um, and in the past, I've been resistant to just allow that very simple thing to be done between us because I just did not see the purpose in it. I'm a very independent woman. I can get out of the car by myself, and I can walk into the house, and I stay warmer that way because I can do it faster than Chad can. <laughs> so in the past, he's asked me once, twice, three times to allow Chad um, to do that for me, and I have been resistant. Um, and... They took the time just to set aside a little bit of time to explain the purposes and asking. Three hours. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little bit slow. (laughs) But um, after speaking into our lives and explaining the reasons that he had behind it, not not selfish reasons, not um, and then reasons that have purpose, um, we've we've allowed that to happen when we can remember (laughs) to um, just to let. Let um, God work in our lives by being 
obedient and honoring our leaders by allowing that one simple action in our household. Um, when we do that one simple action, that is not a sinful thing. We are honoring our leaders, um, Pastor and Minerva, and also honoring our God at the same time. And so, um, in my and my goal to put down pride um, of the past. Um, I'm stepping out to allow Chad to open my door and also allow God to work in me, um, use those things that I'm learning, like patience, to wait in the car um, in the same, in, in my spirit life as I do in my physical life, um, to, um, to honor God and to honor our leadership. You know, I, I was telling Chad that, um, you know, he has to hold people accountable uh, because you have a minister that you're over, Royal Rangers and Mission uh, Impact Ministries. And, and if, if you don't want to be held accountable, how in the world are you going to hold them accountable if they don't show up for the Tuesday night and they don't show up for Sunday when you start having it uh, next week? Or how are you going to hold your kids accountable? You know? After a while, it's going to be you know, like a hypocrite. You know? You're telling your kids, hey, you know, this is what I called you to do. If I told you to clean up, you clean up, you know. You need to obey. But then we in ourselves, we don't obey. You see? It, it doesn't go well in the spirit realm. We may think it's okay because our children will just obey us uh, just because uh, they fear that they got, might get a spanking or something, but uh, uh, either uh, things taken away from them. So uh, they will obey until they get old enough. They'll do what they want to do. You know? And you won't be able to tell them anything because they'll tell you then that, well, you don't do this, you don't do that, you know. Uh, so uh, what you want to do is try to be submissive to those who God has put into your life, uh, no matter who it is, on the job. They, no one, they should, they, they should uh, never want you to be laid off because they want you because you do more than what they are paying you for. You work longer. You work better, you know. So they'll lay off anybody before they'll lay him off. See, that, that's what you want to be on a job. You, see, you don't want to be one that they say, so, well, you're the low pr- person on the totem pole, you know. Well, people do what they want to if they're, if they're the employer. They do exactly what they want to if they own the business. You see? So that's the type of person you want to be because we're doing it for God. We're not doing it for man. You've got a handful. Cheers. Let's bow your heads. We have six more things that we'll go over. We're trying to help you succeed. That's what we're trying to help you succeed in anything, regardless of what you're, you're doing. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to represent you, the successful one who's never failed. Father, we ask that we would represent you better, more today than we did this morning. More and more tomorrow than we did today. We pray that we will grow, Lord, in being committed to you. Because if we're committed to you, Lord, we know we'll be committed. And in a situation in a place regardless of our circumstances 
We know that if we're going to be accountable to you, we can be accountable to those who you place over us, Lord. Whether it be on a job, whether it be in a household, everyone is called to be accountable. We are doing it better with a better attitude because we know that you are holding us accountable to your word. We're asking you to stay, Lord. There's anybody in our midst who has not given their lives to Jesus Christ. Today will be a day that we will be accountable and say, we give up. We give up. Anyone here that needs salvation, raise your hand and put it back down. We would like to pray with you. Anyone here? Is there anyone here today that you'll say, you know, I've strayed away from God. I know I have not been doing what I should do. Would you pray for me because I want to start. I need, I need the strength to overcome those things that have been hindering me from doing what you've called me to do, Lord. Would you pray for me? If that's you today, just raise your hand and put it back down. I want to pray for you today. Anybody here that wants strength to do more of what God's called you to do because you know you're really not doing it. I see your hand. Thank you. Put it down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay, thank you. Please stand. I'm going to have that prayer team to come up. Father, we're asking you for that person who raised their hand, Lord, that you would strengthen that person, Lord, and that inner man by your Holy Spirit with might. That they may be able to do the things that you have called them to do, Lord. They know the areas that they have fallen short in. They have been prompted by the Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask you to strengthen them, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord. We're asking you to encourage them, Lord. We're asking you, Lord, to give them both the will and to do of your good pleasure, Lord.